was embarrassing. You know what's never embarrassing? Football! Americas! The little guy is still on international duty. So back with us, Mauricio Pedrosa. He's a little guy, what am I? The big guy? Bigger. The, the even smaller guy? Bigger than. And who are you than. to all the bigger this? Than. Bigger We're not going to go into that. Uh, man, amazing show. Of course, we will have to talk about America and that historic win against Cruz Azul, a win that has had a lot of consequences. We'll go deep into why America looks so good. And Cruz Azul was so bad. Yeah, it was It was a TD plus the extra point. It was not a two-point conversion. And an, an amazing one-on-one conversation with Jesse Marsh. To many, the man of the hour. So, I know you're ready. I am ready. Should we get things going on? We'll get it right now because we'll start with Leeds United playing Chelsea. What a game this was, Herc. 32nd minute, and this is Brendan Aronson who had himself a oh, game no. putting on the pressure on Mendy and scoring first for Leeds United. Oh no, Mendy. Que Mendy. My man Brendan Aronson, pressure him. That's what Jesse Marsh teams do, pressure. Look at this, give him the no look, give him the no look. Yeah. My man hit him with the no look. And then, oh, Jack Harrison, ex-MLS number one draft pick. Ho, 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 Rodrigo with the goal. Yeah, and don't get confused. Leeds was actually dominating Chelsea. It's not only the score, it's how Leeds played uh, controlling pretty much every single instance of the game. 3-0. Brandon Aronson with a great performance and also as Jesse Marsh with great quotes. Yeah, it just goes to show people around the world that Americans can play football too. You know, we're, we're out there and we're, we're playing well. We're playing for English Premier League team and getting goals and assists. So we're out there, we're doing well and, and on the coaching side of things too. So I think it's only up and coming and there's going to be more and more talent over the future and making this trip over the pond. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a great start and it's only going to get better. He's tireless. He's relentless. I know that about him. And when you you also see is is amazing how how much better he grow how much better he gets from week to week, and I've seen it already before. It's almost like watching a, a something grow right before your eyes. So, um, you know he and and he's so grounded. He's so calm. He's so um, easy with himself. So um, yeah, he's done really well for us from the start. Herg, you can tell by this impressionist painting how well Brendan Aronson performed against Chelsea. And I like those two final stats. Seven recoveries leading the team as well as with successful pressures like the one he had on Mendy that ended up in the goal. Well, you see why it's uh, impressive, those recoveries, because he plays in the front line. And if you play for Jesse Marsh, you need to pressure. That is the system. You have the high pressure. So that front line is your first line of defense. And look how good he does. Look how well he is at that. And because of that, he ended up scoring the goal. Yeah, that was a great performance overall as a team for Leeds, but individually for Brandon Aronson as well. Are you surprised on how quickly he looks to be adapting to the Premier League and to Leeds United? That would be a little surprising to most, right? But I'm not surprised. You're not surprised? Not one bit. Because this is who Brandon Aronson is. If you watch Football Americas regularly... Which I do, by the way. He's Mr. Run It Back. He is Mr. Football Americas. It doesn't matter if he was playing in Austria or playing for the U.S. Men's National Team. He gets it done. This kid, and excuse my French, has unos cojones, <laughs> has testicular fortitude like I've not seen in this pool. Like I've not seen with many players his age. He's just different mentally. It's not a kid that goes around worrying about what he wears, 
doesn't worry about who he's with, who's seen with, social media. He gets to work. He does what he needs to do. He said it, goals and assists for making American soccer proud. That's what he's doing. This man is about making work. And this goal may not seem like much, but it's actually the first time an American scored against Chelsea since 2013. You know who scored that goal? Who was that? Josie Altador. It's been that long. He's putting them back on the map. This is who he is. This is what he's about. He's one of my favorite footballers in the U.S. men's national team pool. So it does not surprise me. So I am a little bit surprised. Not that I never thought that he could be successful at this level, but the difference of playing in Austria as of playing in the Premier League. There are huge differences regarding to the intensity of play, the physicality of the game, the tactical element, which, by the way, for Leeds United is crucial. Now, we can say in a very comfy way, sitting down right here in this very comfortable couch, well, when you play for a manager that actually trusts you and that knows you very well, it's easy to succeed. But it never is when it comes to playing in the Premier League. So I'm, it's not that I'm only surprised, but I'm, 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 I'm giving him a lot of credit because he's doing it so quickly, he looks the part. He looks the part at Leeds United and hey, the Premier League. Same thing was said of Sadio Mane when he came from Austria. Same sure. thing was said of Erling Haaland when he came from Austria. That's, that's what it is until you prove yourself. He is proving himself. And they are made perfectly one for the other. Jesse Marsh and his system to what Brendan Aronson in that work rate and that sound technical ability and that contagious attitude and effort. Everything he is seems to fit perfectly a la mold to that Leeds United system. That was a great result for Leeds United. Still unbeaten after three games in the Premier League. Now, Chelsea is also a big part of the story. First of all, because Thomas Tuchel was allowed to be on the touchline, even though he, he saw the red card after his confrontation with Antonio Conte, but also he made the news for what I can only present as his explanation on why maybe his team didn't perform as expected. Thomas, was that a day where what could go wrong did go wrong? Yeah, it started yesterday. We had no plane to fly, so we arrived with the bus. So, obviously, continued today. Um, I don't understand. I think we lost the game in the first 20 minutes, where we were clearly better. We had huge chances, uh, a lot of touches in the box, but we we missed target. We don't we don't take what we deserve, and then uh, we had um, a bit like. We stopped doing what we what we did good. We stopped doing it, and it was an even game for 15 minutes. And in these 15 minutes, we gave two presents. And if you give two presents away in, in Premier League, you lose. How much did it affect you then? The, the, the plans being having to change late on yesterday. No, the players could fly. It was just for for the coaching staff. It was a long long ride on the bus, but it was no no problem. It was just like because you said everything what can go wrong went wrong. It started yesterday. I mean, uh, not giving, by the way, the slightest credit to Leeds United. Uh, all the travel arrangements for Chelsea as an excuse should uh, Thomas Tuchel get lost. Get lost a while ago. I mean, that's the reason you were outworked <laughs> by Leeds United. That's the reason Mendy coughed off that ball to Brendan Aronson. That's the reason your team gave up a set piece. Sure, not traveling a one-hour flight versus a four-hour drive. That's annoying, I am sure. But really, that's the reason you lost? Really? That's the reason there was no effort from your team? They gave up, they shut down? Ah, come on, man. You said it yourself. Give Jesse Marsh a little bit of credit. And Thomas Tuchel, next time you walk by him, look at his eye when you shake his hand. I was going to say, because I was expecting Jesse Marsh to start a fight 
right there because Thomas Tuchel was upset because Antonio Conte didn't look him in the eye when they shook hands. Well, he did exactly the same with, <laughs> with his opponent over the week. And now this is becoming a trend with Thomas, with Thomas Tuchel. You know, I'm a fan of his. I know you're, you're completely opposite. You don't really like him as a coach, but when you're, when you're the manager of Chelsea, you cannot present that argument. You cannot start your post-game interview by saying, well, we have difficulties with our airplanes and, you know, the, the travel and the bus was very exhausting for the staff because the players actually were able to fly to, uh, oh. to play Leeds. Oh, they did fly. That, that's exactly what he said oh. by the end of the interview. But this is becoming a trend. When he gets frustrated, then it's everybody else's fault but his. Now, let's go to the... A tactical element because he said first 20 minutes we had a lot of touches in the box we were not able to convert but then the rest of the game he was actually leads with a very good game plan and a game plan also very well executed so let me ask you do you believe Jesse Marsh out coached Thomas oh, Tuchel absolutely and it started way before the whistle even before the kickoff before they even gave a whistle it was Jesse Marsh questioning whether he should be on the sideline. That was excellent. Great He was already playing mind games. Jesse Marsh knows exactly what he's doing. Jesse Marsh knows what he's doing when he's calling it soccer instead of football, when he's questioning the press, when he's putting more pressure on Thomas Tuchel. He knows exactly what he's doing when he presses Mendy, when he presses that back line, the moment that Chelsea is living. Listen, this man lost the game before he even kicked off. It was that easy for Jesse Marsh. Now, Jesse Marsh just had to motivate his team because this game was lost, you could say, on the tactical board. But it was lost on emotion, on attitude. And we see in world football how important that is today. That's the baseline every single day you step out there if you're a footballer. But sometimes that, get lo that gets lost at the maximum of levels. And we saw it uh, in this uh, picture. Part of coaching is also motivating your players. This wasn't an easy week for Chelsea for many reasons. And I know this, uh, this has been a very, very good start for Leeds, right? Yeah. Still unbeaten. But let's, let's, let's not forget this. Leeds lost their two best players of last season. They sold Rafinha, Rafinha yeah. with a record sale for Barcelona and Calvin Phillips to Massive. Manchester City. Yep. So those two were very important players for Leeds. Now, the fact that Jesse Marsh has Leeds playing the way he's doing it. By the way, Tyler Adams, for also a very good game. Tyler he was Adams actually was a beast. He was named man, man of the match, Tyler Adams, by Leeds fans. So yes, he was out coached because it's one thing what you prepare on the board, right? But you know this as a former player. In-game adjustments. What happens when plan A doesn't go accordingly to what you expected? Chelsea had a chance to adjust, and he never did it. No, and he's still waiting for a goal from those attackers. <laughs> Say what you will, but you could talk about Thomas Tuchel and the pedigree or whatnot. What he's least known for is man managing. There's always an issue with the player, whether it's whether it was um, uh, Lukaku or whether it was... Uh, no, not Werner. Timo Werner, thank you, sir. Yeah. Whether it's Timo Werner, Ziyech, uh, Hudson, Adoy, whoever you want, there's always an issue with an attacker. Now Christian Pulisic. Yeah, and they're still trying to get Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang from Barcelona. Thanks, e producer. ESPN of System <laughs> happened to travel to Leeds and had an extended conversation with Jesse Marsh. And we'll start off with something that is key for Jesse Marsh. How important has it been for him investing in people? If the team performs well, then I think they'll be accepting of, of my terrible accent. <laughs> Football culture for me is, is, is the best part of, of being a manager. Yeah, I think there's probably a stigma. <laughs> I'm not sure Ted Lasso helped. But they have to do fight till they die, till the last second of the match. 
Rafinha's corner kick comes out for Harrison. He'll try the drive. Yeah! 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 Harrison has scored for Leeds. It's absolute pandemonium. Right, I don't stand in front of the fans and hear my name chanted. It's me, it's us. It's the only way I know how to do things is to go all in, to give everything I have. So that sounds like Ted Lasso, I think, from what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> No, he won't be there, right? We're still waiting to find out for sure. Whether it's soccer or football, I think if you get a red card, you can't play the next match. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been really fun. Um, I could see the stress when I first came, and and... Of course, then I knew that the job that I thought I had to do was maybe five times harder. Um, but I invested a lot in the people here, and, and, and they in turn invested, uh, invested a lot in me. And I think together we accomplished a massive goal last year. And now this year I think we're able to actually work in a proper environment without all the anxiety every day. So it's meant that we're, we're making more progress than we made last year. I know how important um, community is to you. That feeling about being something, being a part of something potentially, I guess, bigger than the football club, where the football club is at the centre of everything that matters to a city or a town. Was that a big attraction to you about Leeds as well? Yeah, I mean, and I didn't, you know, when you, when you say is my, my idea of football is more about life, it, that's definitely the case, and that's the way I tried to lead. And I felt that Leeds is in some ways exactly with that, but I didn't realize fully until I got here that this club is, is almost bigger than life. That's again, it's, a, it's an opportunity, but it's a responsibility. But I've treated it more as, I've tried to think about just thriving and enjoying the entire situation more than I've thought about the pressures and the negatives. Um, I think I'm inherently a positive person and sometimes you have to really draw deeply on that because some moments are very difficult, but you know, I always like to look at the potential of things rather than the, the um, threats. And so I could see the potential early on through the team, through the players, through the club, through the fan base, through everything. And it was there at a much bigger level than I had even thought it would be. So that, that part, I think, has been very rewarding. Has anything surprised you about being um, a Premier League manager? I wouldn't say surprised. I would just say um, I enjoy the fact that the demands of the league are so high, so high, and the opponents are so good, and the coaches are so intelligent um, that you, you have to be your best. Everyone especially where we're at with our club, we have to be our best every day. But there's a real, I think, opportunity with that. And I think the players understand that. And I try to talk about that every day is we can't take time off. We can't uh, feel too good about ourselves. We can't feel too bad about ourselves. We just have to have a relentless commitment to keep moving forward. And if we do that, then we can slowly develop something that I think can be successful and can feel special on the inside and that can make our fans proud. So that's the goal. Um, you were on SportsCenter a couple of weeks ago and you were talking about bringing them both in. You said you wanted to sort of change the dialogue um, around American football players being here in the UK. Uh, could you just expand a bit on that as well? 
Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if that's my 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 main mission in having those two here is to help them so that they can help us be successful. And one things that one thing that I underestimated with having them here is I knew they'd help us uh, be able to play the way I wanted to and, and perform as players. But they've had a real positive impact on on everyone because I think they're also the perfect examples of the kinds of players that we need, and not just not just from a football style, but also from a mentality style. So. Uh, you know, and I think that the, the group has also had a real positive impact on them because they've shown and spoken to them about how impressed they are with them. And, and that's the kind of group we have. It's a, it's a very open and honest, uh, straight, straightforward group. And I love that about them. Um, now, I think in general that those two don't care as much like how I don't care about the dialogue about American players or American coaches but because they're so such strong players and people I believe they can help continue to reshape what the concept of American football is and I don't mean NFL <laughs> <laughs> Are you aware of the I guess the responsibility for other American managers to give them a chance to dream as well is this well here's what I can tell you is I never know if anyone back home is paying any attention, really. Like they, they said to me when I was the first American manager in Champions League, like, what did I think? And I said, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know if I, that was true. And I didn't know if anyone was paying attention. Um, and I've learned over time that people are paying attention. But this summer I went home and I needed to pick up a pair of jeans. So I went to the Levi's store in Times Square and I picked up a pair of jeans. And in my process of walking through Times Square, getting Levi jeans, and then walking to Penn Station, I wouldn't call it a mob, but I, 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 there were a lot of people recognizing and wanting to take photos with me, and they knew who I was. That for me was an eye-opening moment because I'd never been treated like that. I, you know, sometimes here and around Leeds, people know who I am, but I, and back home, I never thought that that would be the case. So. Um, you know, there's obviously a sense of responsibility in terms of what that means and, and maybe what it might mean for the national team at one day if I, if I have the honor of coaching the team, that team at some point. But I always say the best way that I can do that is to just commit to this job fully in every way that I think I can possibly to honor the club, the fans, what we're trying to achieve as a, as a team so that it gives up more opportunities for others down the road. So it's just about doing the job and living in the moment. And what have you learned about yourself since you took the job? I think what I've learned more than anything is just that I belong here. You know, I think that's what I would say is that I think in this job, you're always searching for the right people and the right connections. And, um, you know, I had a wonderful time in Red Bull. But I realized what was funny to me is that after all the years of Red Bull and what I learned and what I invested, that when I made the step to Leipzig, it wasn't the right place for me. And I kind of knew it already, but to think that, you know, I love the company so much and the clubs so much that, that it just made sense to go to Leipzig as the manager, but I kind of knew it wasn't right. And then I knew when I left Leipzig that the most important thing was whatever, I didn't care if it was the Prem or I really, I didn't come here because of the Prem. I came here because I felt like Leeds was the right place for me and it had the right people and it was the right connection. And I'm so thankful that, that, that that's right. I'm so thankful that that is the case. Um, and now it allows us to, to work in a way where, where we can just push every day and, and, and invest. So, um, you know, 
that's that's the, the the most important thing as a leader and as a manager is 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 just to find the right situation. And with that, I guess also learning all the time as well. With that relationship with the Forty Niners, how have you managed to sort of tap into that to, I guess, um, information share? And I know you spent a bit of time in preseason there yeah, as well, yeah. was it? And no, I mean I think in general the the Forty Niners relationship has been really good. They're they're really smart guys. Um, they've had a lot of success at different levels of, of the businesses they've been involved in because it's it's kind of 49ers enterprises. It's obviously the team, but they also have a lot of other businesses. Um, but, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, their their role in our daily work is rather minimal, right? And I don't mean that, um, uh, I don't mean to, to slight them in any way. I just mean the real work that gets done here every day is about Andrea, Victor, and Angus, and then how they work with me and help me with the staff that we have here to, to, to work with this team. Now, like going to watch the 49ers train, seeing how they work, seeing how organized they are, how they structure a company, that was, that's been a bit of an eye-opener and very interesting to see, and, and I think it's helped me even organize uh, things. And, and I like to be organized. I like to be on top of things. I, I don't like to be caught by surprise, and I try to be meticulous with the way that we, we, we work. So um, that, that part I've enjoyed with the relationship we've had with the 49ers. Great job by Tom Hamilton with that interview. So let's compare Marcelo Bielsa and Jesse Marsh. This is Leeds United's performance since the start of last season. What stands out? If I have to point at something is opponent XG. And I know you hate expected goals. I love that stat. But to me, it tells a lot of how different this team looks under Jesse Marsh. Yeah, I mean, I would go with points, right? Because last year... And you would have to assume this year it's a fight for survival, uh, and he's very much. Doing it will still that. be. It will still be. Yes, it would still be. But 1.5 per game is a lot better than 0.9. But it's definitely the goals against. It's what he's doing. Bielsa had this situation where it's man marking all over the field. It was chaotic. You may have scored four, but they were going to score five. Jesse has brought in a little bit more discipline. It's high pressure. It's very much more intense. Yeah. Disciplined wise in that fashion where hey, we're going to be chaotic in the way we defend and go forward from there and chaotic in the most respectful term because it's not disorganized. There's purpose to the way they press, and I think you're starting to see that. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a structure. That's the biggest difference. The way you defend, there's a structure on the Jesse Marsh, uh, on the Jesse Marsh, as with Marcelo Bielsa, it was a little more, it was not at 11, but it was different. It was a more relaxed way of defending. It was more focused on attacking, 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 regardless of what happened uh, on the other half of the, of the field. Now, after this very good, long conversation with Jesse Marsh, what's your first reaction? You know, it's funny to me see a, a guy who's going to be 49 at the end of this year talk about for the first time in his career he was recognized, recognized yeah, New York and, City, and yeah. back home. Um, and in the same breath, turn around and turn it back to the national team. You know, that's very much in the back of his head is the U.S. men's national team. How he wants to use leads. It almost sounds like as a platform to get to the U.S. men's national team. Now, I hope that's not the case. I hope there's Jesse Marsh for a long time in Europe. Because he is doing something right now that no other coach in U.S. soccer has done. And I say that respectfully. Because okay? we've had the Bob Bradleys, we've had the Wagners, we've had uh, coaches here and there, uh, Pellegrinos, that, that, Materazzos, that have done well. But Jesse Marsh right now was Champions League in Austria, made a name for himself against Liverpool. And now has a chance with Leeds to do something very special. 
As these players, Brendan Aronson, as Tyler Adams, as Christian Pulisic, propel the American player and that perspective of the player, he's propelling the coach because that coach or what they, how they viewed the coach. Let's go back to the time of Bob Bradley in the Premier League with Swansea. It wasn't viewed in the most respectful yeah, manner. Yeah. I was, I was pointing to my notes because that's exactly what I thought. My, my first reaction was a very, a very subtle reminder. U.S. men's national team. Subtle. Ops, <laughs> I, want, I want to present it as a subtle <laughs> reminder. The U.S. men's national team is in the back of his head. And it's probably his, I don't, I don't know if it's his biggest mo motivation, but it's clearly there. And I think he said it in the most respectful way, right? Because... There are some other coaches that don't like when the manager speaks oh, of another job. Nobody asked him about the national team. He brought that conversation by himself, so keep that in mind. Fine, but, but the way he did it, I liked it. And the other thing, which I think is crucial, how Brendan Aronson and Tyler Adams, of course, are going to help him with his style of play, but the mentality and how that mentality is also extending to the rest of the team. I think that's huge, and it was a big part of this recent success by Jesse Marsh this season. Speaking of mentality, let's go with Chelsea, because Christian Pulisic, 24, 25 minutes, came in as a sub with his team already two scores down. What do you make of Pulisic's performance and the way he was used by Thomas Tuchel? What are you going to do two goals down? I mean, you pretty much... Hey, save us. All right, great. Uh, it's not even the performance. It's the reality of things right now. He's not a starter. Won't be a starter for Thomas Tuchel. Thomas Tuchel clearly doesn't have him in those plans. And, and that's saying something because they've not exactly gotten the best out of their strikers today. Or forward players, I should say. And now, and this is Mark Pulisic's, Christian's dad. He was, he was liking a lot of the social media that was criticizing Thomas Tuchel. So, you know how we like doing this. Is it something... Nothing or everything. The fact that Christian Pulisic's dad went on social media and started liking every sort of criticism towards Chelsea's manager. Listen to me very carefully. I will, yeah. Okay? It is nothing and it should be nothing when a family member of somebody starts doing something on social media, likes whatever the case may be because it's not a reflection of you. Likes on social media are tricky. Was he bookmarking something? Was it a slip of the finger? Did he actually like it? I don't know. I don't care. Let me tell you what I used to do after games. Oh, okay? my God. This is going to be good. No, no, no. After games, I would call my father, and we would run through everything that happened in the game. Mm -hmm. The plays I was involved in, he would ask me about training, et cetera, et cetera. We'd go through in detail the week and the game. My father knew more about my teammates in the locker room than a lot of the beat writers who covered the team. That's how it is. You share these personal things with your father. So if your father is liking these, it leads many to believe he may have an inside track into what's going on, into your psyche, into your mentality, into the situation at Chelsea. So Mark Pulisic is doing Christian no favors, or, or maybe that is the reality, and you're still doing them no favors, even if that is the reality, even if you don't agree with Thomas Tuchel, it's not gonna get him somewhere by you and doing this. And I understand because I'm a father, how frustrating things can be and maybe how you wanna look out for your child, for the best, you wanna protect them. But this isn't the way going about it. And this isn't the first time. That's what's the yes. worst part about this. I agree with the last part of what you just said. It has to be at least something. And here is why, because this is, this is now the days that we live in, folks. We have to be very, very aware of what we do on social media. 
what we do in the digital universe. Because everything we do leaves a track, leaves Paper a track. record. Yeah. And it opens up for interpretation for people like us. So the fact that Christian Pulisic's dad is liking criticism towards his manager, it does say something. I don't know exactly what, right? It might be just that Christian Pulisic's dad just goes on social media, types his son's name, and just likes everything that has to do with him, right? Or maybe he's emphasizing via a like that the family is very unhappy with the way that things are going with Chelsea, as they should. Because I would be concerned if the Pulisic family does absolutely nothing with the fact that Christian is not being involved with the game, the starting game plan of a team like Chelsea. Even before three months, even before a World Cup like we're going to have in three months. Has to be something. It's his family. It's you family. shouldn't be judged by your family. But also the family, they have to be very aware that everything they do leaves a mark, right? Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, let's move on. Let's run it back. Very good weekend in general for Americans play, playing in Europe. On Thursday, we showed you Josh Sargent's uh, first goal of the season. Now a brace against Millwall and 85 really good minutes for George Sargent. As a center forward, look at this little give and go, sweet little touch, and then the finish rifling it home near post. My man is heating up. He's got everything. Look at that, speed, I like touch. this one. Deceivingly big. He's bigger than you think when you see him up close. This kid has a lot of intangibles and he's heating them at the right time. Look at that finish, as confident as you would like. Yes, very cool finish. That's why I like it so much, right? He had options. He could have passed. He could have dribbled, but he decided, and he decided, well, Jordan Pifuk started with Union Berlin, scored and assisted in his team's massive win facing Red Bull Leipzig, 60 minutes on the field. Facing Red Bull Leipzig, it's a sweet Not easy. goal. Touch and finish. Say what you will about Jordan. Don't call me see what you call nope. me Pifuk. My man can score goals, and then you could also supply him. Gonna get an assist as well. Good move inside the box, and that's the finish. A very, again, very, very important win for Union Berlin playing Red Bull Leipzig and Jordan Pifok making an impact right away to the start of the season. More activity for number nine, Hadji Wright. This is no news. It's becoming a regular occurrence in the Turkish Super League. Two games in a row scoring for Hadji Wright twice on Saturday in his team's win against Trabzonspor. 
Are they gonna give him an assist on that? Yeah. I should have got a lot more assists yeah. in my career. No. If they're gonna give him Look an at the assist. conditions of the pitch. You have to give him an assist. <laughs> Look at that. Uh, oh, oh, nice no. move. Oh no. Oh no, Ale Moreno. Well, you don't want to give him a goal on that? say optional defending there. Look at this. <laughs> Oh no, goalkeeper gets chipped on his line too. Oh, that's just unfortunate. Give him some credit. Oh, have no, we, he gets the credit. We have a battle for the number nine spot. This is the stats for uh, Wright, Pifo, Jesus Ferreira, and Pepe since July 30th. And look at the criteria. Goals every 90 minutes, Haji Wright taking the lead. What does it say? What does this stat, what does this graphic say to you? Ricardo Pepe should score some goals if he wants to go to the World Cup. That's what it, that's what it says to me, because as a nine, that's what you're going to be judged at. Yes, three three goals for Jesus Ferreira since July 30th. So we didn't see Josh Sargent in this graphic. Is he running out of time to make the U.S. men's national team roster in Qatar? Listen, you're, you're talking to a guy that played zero minutes on the U.S. men's national team in a cycle leading up to the World Cup. I was invited to zero camps. I was not on the radar of Bob Bradley. And through a lot of things that were circumstantial and a good season, I found myself on the 30-man camp where 23 players would board that trip. Josh Sargent has all the intangibles in the world. I look at a young, hungry forward. In the same way I view Brendan Aronson, mm -hmm. how contagious he is yep. on both sides of the ball, Josh Sargent has that, but he's silky with his touch. He's much more technical and smarter than people give him credit for. He's a lot faster and a lot stronger than people realize. He is my favorite nine in the pool. He's the most talented nine in the pool. But it doesn't matter unless you're putting the ball in the back of the net because that's the only defense that these nines will have. The only argument that these nines will have come World Cup time, because Greg Berhalter himself has said he will go with the hot hand. Exactly. If he's scoring as goals, he should, by the way. If he's scoring as he goals, should. many people will scoff and say it's championship. I don't care. Championship is a top is a top 10 league in the world. If he's scoring goals in the championship, it should be better or as good as Major League Soccer. So everybody right now still has a shot, mm -hmm. and this man especially. I'm taking notes of what you're saying. Which, by the way, I agree with you 100%. Oh, thank you. But for whenever we have this conversation about the Mexican national team number nine, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm taking notes of right. what you said. I'll, I might say the same. Now, do you put the same value to what Jesus Ferreira does in Major League Soccer comparing to Josh Sargent in the championship? I don't want to say goals are more valuable if you score in the second tier division of England as opposed to Major League Soccer. But is that a conversation? Do you put any sort of value to that difference? No, but I do put value in the type of players both are. They're much more similar than a Josh Sargent and Jordan Pifak, than a Josh Sargent and Haji Wright. Those two players are more comparable. When you're talking Josh Sargent, I think he would go into that Jesus Ferreira role, which mm -hmm. is much more yep. what Greg Berhalter would like in his nine. The movement, the intelligence, the interpretation of space, how he relates to other players. Um, on his team, I honestly feel whether it was Werder Bremen uh, or whether it was Norwich last season, it was all about confidence with Josh Sargent. And he was lacking that. And not only that, he wasn't even playing his position. Now, because of an injury, 
he starts finding himself centrally and he starts scoring goals. You can follow this battle for the number nine spot on ESPN+. Sunderland hosting Norwich City on Saturday. 7.20 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus, followed by Bundesliga Action, Schalke 04, hosting, one of my favorite stadiums, by the way, in Gelsenkirchen, Schalke 04, hosting Union Berlin, 9.20 a.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Plus. We keep on running it back. Zach Steffen, couple of good saves, and a losing effort by Boro versus Reading, Bordeaux still winless in the championship. I did not see that one coming. I, I did not see Boro, excuse me, or Zach Steffen suffering as much this early on in the championship as they're currently doing, uh, but he's playing. Yeah. He missed just one game. He, he made a mistake at the start of the season, but what about now the fight for the goal of the U.S. men's national team? Ethan Horvath, two saves, clean sheet for Luton. Uh... Listen, Fernando, he's doing, he's doing well, right? Uh, clean sheet again. He, he's playing again. I, I honestly don't see, unless he heats up, unless it's very obvious towards the end. I don't, I don't see Horvath in that conversation. Now we have a battle for the goalkeeper's spot, and just take a look at the stats. Goal prevented. Let me give you a quick explanation. Goal prevented is a metric used to highlight the goalkeepers who have underconceded. Considering the quality of the shots on target they have faced, this can be seen by calculated as XGOT, XG conceded from shots on target faced, minus goal conceded. You go ahead and explain that. What did you say? I, I gave an explanation hate, of I the hate, stat. I, I love these. this stat. This is my now worst, <laughs> the stat I hate the most. The worst, most useless stat. How many times did you keep the ball out of the net? That's all I need to know. Well, I think that's a very good explanation. Gagas Lonina with Chicago Fire with a better record. Uh, remember the EFL Championship, also on ESPN Plus. Catch Ethan Horvath on Friday. Luton Town hosting Sheffield United at 2.55 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. was one-sided. A historic loss for Cruz Azul, their biggest loss in history. Losing to Club America, another 7-0 that obviously had the consequence of Diego Aguirre, recently appointed three months ago, has been sacked by whoever is running Cruz Azul nowadays. <laughs> That's the thing, that right? is not very clear. Uh, he was not even on the bench. He was suspended. It was one of his assistants on the touchline and he was immediately let go. Now, there's a lot of things we can talk Got about. Got fired on his day off? Got fired. It was not a day off. He was he was still working, absolutely. <laughs> but boxes. Um, we saw the red card 
We saw a couple of bad mistakes by Jurado, the goalkeeper. Jesus Corona still on the bench for Cruz Azul. But why was this loss this bad? Listen, I, first off, I think it's circumstantial the way they lost. Uh, let's think about this, okay? It's very uh, famous accidente del fútbol. No, there are no, accident. no accidents. There are things that lead to yeah. these events, these unfortunate events for Cruz Azul. But the first goal, uh, Richard Sanchez, uncontested at the top of the box. Jurado could say it came in too fast. I didn't see it. Kind of central. Uh, second goal, it's Ramiro Funes Mori, the brand new refuerzo, <laughs> so the brand new center back, brother of Rogelio Funes Mori, who gets ran by, lets Henry Martin act like he's Messi, runs him down, runs him by, assist to Cabecita, and then it's Rotundi, scores a goal. It should be 2 1. It's not. It gets called back. And what do you do right before half? Rafa Baca comes up the other end of the field and gets red carded for an unbelievable challenge on Henry Martin. He's out of the game. It's 10 men. And the free kick that they have, the very next play is that free kick. Diego Valdez steps up, it hits it right in the center of the field, right in the center of the goal, excuse me, and Juarez gets a hand on it, and it goes in. It's 3-0 to your biggest rival, you're a man down with 45 to play, and you're already the worst defense in the league. The, the world is already crumbling on you. Diego Aguirre is not even there, he's suspended. So of course this was going to happen. It just seemed like it was set up for failure. Anything that they wanted to do, any way that they wanted to respond, they couldn't. And America smelled that, blood in the water, yeah. it was over. I'm gonna give real quick America a lot of credit because that's that's four games in a row scoring a lot of you goals and they, look, and they look really, really good. Now, moving on to Cruz Azul. I'm gonna be 100% honest with you. After the first half, I changed the channel. I said, I'm not gonna watch anymore. Cruz Azul is not gonna, Cruz Azul is not coming back. And I, and I, and I switched the channel to some ESPN Plus content, to be more specific, uh, UFC. Now, I just turned the channel back to the game just to see what the score was. And I, when I saw it was 5-0, I thought, he's fired. Right? Diego Aguirre, he's, he's gone. That's it. Oh. So I went back to see Leon Edwards knock out Kamaru Usman in the most impressive way, right? And when I switched the channel again and I saw 7 0, then I saw, oh, Kamaru Usman is Diego Aguirre. That's it, right now. That's, that's the same parallel. But I was not surprised. No, not, not, the, I sa saw, no, no, not the same parallel. I thought this could happen. And here's why. Not because of what happened on the pitch on this game. Cruz Azul has been a disaster yeah. right after they won that, I mean, very, very nice league. What's that? Already two years ago, right? Yeah, two and a half years. After that, decision after decision, it's head-scratching the way they have handled this team. I, we have this conversation on Thursday. I ask you, do you believe if there's a, if there's a bad loss, they're going to fire? This, this happened today. This happened today on Cruz Azul's training facilities. That's the throwing eggs at players' cars. Uriel Antuna's Beamer. Uriel Antuna, ex of the LA Galaxy, ex of Chivas. They egged his car. Now, these studio fans, the, these idiots of fans who, who think this is radicals. acceptable. Radicals. who think this is acceptable to go threaten players. It's shambolic. This is now international news. Uh... England has now gotten Liga Mekis as their own little circus, and they love taking headlines of whether it's Danny Alves or what happens with the fans in this, in this league, and they love making it a trending topic uh, in the Daily Mirror or whatever the case may be, and whatever uh, periódico or newspaper is out there. This is the image you're giving the rest yeah, of the yeah, world. Yeah, 100%. It is shambolic. Um, a lot of finger pointing, all right? Players, Baca, Cata Dominguez, are probably going to be relegated to play with the under-20s. No sporting... Well... 
someone is acting as sporting director. Correct. No manager and no clear direction at the executive level now that Billy Albert is no longer with the team. That's Victor Velasquez who has no idea. This has been two years since oh, that's happened. No, no idea on it's how to handle the, the, the business of soccer. So what do you address first if you were a decision maker with Cruz Azul? I keep hearing people say, clean house, clean house. They've already cleaned house, but they've already cleaned house. Think about the players who've done. I mean, Corona's no longer in goal. Uh, Aldrete ended up leaving. Uh, Pablo Aguilar ended up leaving. Chaquito. Uh, Chaquito ended up leaving. Think about the midfield. Uh, Yotun ended up leaving. Whatever anybody you thought was successful ended up leaving. Reynoso ended up leaving. I mean, you pretty much have gutted everything that was there. Now you want to take Vaca, Cata Dominguez. Cata Dominguez, who, by the way, is still being called up by the Mexican national team. For some reason, yeah. So, so clearly, it's not a talent level. Even though they got beat 7-0, I think it's more administrative, and I think you're on the right track. Who is running the circus act? Raul Gutierrez is taking over the first team. If you've heard that name before, El Potro yes. Gutierrez won a U-17 uh, World Cup. In 2011. Place. Yes, in 2011. Um, that's how you know that name. He was, he was the under 20. He's still the under 20 manager for Cruz Azul. He's going to be the acting manager, interim manager uh, of the first team. But big decisions coming up. Now, big decisions coming up for another Mexico City club. Maybe. Pumas. My, oh, my. This game was over in the first half. That graphic is correct dominated at home by Santos in another shameful performance by Andres Lilini's boys. I'm not gonna go deep into Dani Alves. We already touched on that the other I day. Mean, you should. But I mean, look, just look at how easy Pumas was conceding. But a lot of people are calling for Andres Lilini to either resign or being fired. Is he in line to lose his job? He's definitely in line. Um, Liga Mekis managers don't last that long. He's the longest tenure manager by my calculation right now in Liga Mekis, like two years, some other odd Yeah, months. that makes sense. That makes sense. We've always stated, Andres Lilini does wonders. He does miracles. He does so much with so little. This team doesn't have the budget. This team doesn't have the recursos, the refuerzos. They don't have the pieces. Look at what he's getting. Look how much lime he squeezes out of that lemon. Or juicy squeeze it out of lemon, I should say. <laughs> That's not the case anymore because they gave him pieces. Ted Petro, he's been, he was brought on. Salvio from Boca, they're number 10. He was brought Dineno on. Dineno resigned. Dineno resigned. They gave Danny Alves $3.5 million oh. a year Still and they're playing him as chills. a defensive midfielder <laughs> in altitude in Mexico City on this team in that transition mm. football that this league plays. It's a mess, but he's got the pieces. He's running out of excuses. He's got nothing to say, but this is on me. I take it on the chin. I understood Barcelona. That was humiliating, but I understood it. It's Barcelona. Santos? That's me, Santos. San I like it. San That's my team. San Luis as well. San Luis on Thursday, yeah. I mean, at some point, Leon, up 3-0. They're up 3-0 against Leon. They lose, they, they lose the three points in that game. They got tied 3-3. At some point, Lilini has to say, this one's on me. It can't just be, hey, he's done great. I think he said it after the America game, right? Because it was another humiliating defeat because it's America and you're playing at home. Yeah. But it's not enough. The fact that he goes and, and says it's on me is not enough. However, I don't believe the solution is letting Andres Lilini walk away. I don't think that's how you solve You got to make him run away? No, I think, I think he has to stay. 
You know what my solution is. Your solution? All this debacle started the moment Pumas signed Danny Alves. There's a way to get out of Danny Alves' contract. You can terminate Danny Alves early and say, admit that you made a mistake. And this is nothing against Danny Alves. The winningest player in the history of the sport. But he was never a good fit. Because of what you said about Andres Lilini and his style of coaching. He's a great teacher. Younger players listen to him. But now he had to change everything about the team in order to fit Dani Alves. It's not too late. Terminate his contract. Do it now. Admit you made a mistake. And maybe, only maybe, there's still a chance to save the season for Pumas. Because you said it. This is not a bad roster. This is not a bad team. I never said Just that. Just Dani Alves is a very, <laughs> very bad fit for Pumas. Uh, in case you missed it... <laughs> Why are you laughing? Chivas! Chivas finally won a game! No, 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 no. They... Don't laugh. <laughs> no, I mean, I, ha I have to laugh. Not only did they win, <laughs> golearon. They destroyed. Drop four. Necaxa. Necaxa, by the way, one of the best defensive units in the league was until, until this game. Now, is this the start of something big for Chivas? And let's hope they turn the corner because Chivas is a big club in Mexico and Mexican soccer needs a successful Chivas. This is a good goal by Nene. This is oh, a good goal by Nene. Uh, but remind me again where they played. Aguascalientes. Okay, what's Chivas' problem? Scoring goals or scoring goals at home? Uh, scoring goals particularly at home. Okay. But scoring goals overall was a big deal yes, it was. for Chivas. Uh, I hope I hope this is start of something. I doubt it though. Action of Liga MX on ESPN Deportes this Thursday. Also available on ESPN Plus. Tijuana hosting Santos Laguna should be a good game starting 9.30 p.m. Eastern. You calling East. that game? We're calling that game in Espanol, yes, sir. Are you working Football Americas that day, too? Doing Football Americas on Thursday? Are you doing it from here? And I... <laughs> listen, I have a microphone, I have a monitor. That's all I need to yeah. call Liga MX action. All right, let's run it back. I'm very happy for Orbelin Pineda. Finally, the Greek League started. A-E-K, A-E-K, with Pelado Almeida, he scored and he assisted right on time after you after you said he's your guy to replace Tecatito Corona. Oh, man. How come I never get that type of assist? He literally calls for a handball and then got the assist. <laughs> this is a good goal. <laughs> this is a good goal. Listen, when, when oh, dude, Tecatito went it. down, there was only one person on Football America that said Orbelin Pineda take his place. I think in the world. I think you were the only person in the world. And he's proven me right. Not yet. Take it easy. It was just one goal with the Greek League. What about this guy? Oh, Diego Lainez. Again, playing and do you like this assist? Or are you also going to question the stat? I like Diego Lainez's thinking. In the box, 1v1, let me just give it to somebody else and they will yeah, score. That's a good smart. little layoff. That's great vision. That's great. That's understanding the game. By the way, by the way, playing the same spot, same Position on the field where the Catito Corona usually plays. He played 23 minutes. Oh, okay. Maybe he maybe he started and only played 23 minutes. Gerardo Arteaga, he's gonna be a starter, and he already has one assist, first assist of the of the season in the Belgian league. Gerardo Arteaga, good little ball in that would make Raúl Jiménez 
Santiago Jimenez, Henry Martin, or Rogelio Funes Mori. Foam at the mouth looking oh at that ball. Oh my God, I'm so proud you mentioned Henry Martin already on your list because Raul Jimenez, he is back. Back on the pitch, 31 minutes with Wolves. The team truly needs him. Only one goal Wolves have scored in the season. They are winless, but it's good news to see him back, back on the Listen field. Listen to what I'm going to say. Tell me if you agree. Does he need Wolves more than Wolves needs him? Ah, uh, dude, I don't know. I think <laughs> at this point, at this point, both are struggling. As it is, Andres Guardado still, still unable to play for the second week in a row. Uh, Betis have yet to resolve their financial situation with the league, and he has not been registered by Real Betis, by Real Betis in the league. Hey, it's winding down. He could be a free man. Well, he needs the minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And we'll start with the good. What a signing by Columbus crew. Chucho Hernandez again. Eight goals in eight games. Hear and me out. Good goal by Cucho, but Brent. But, May uh, I just call him Chucho right away? Yeah, yeah. that's Cucho. Cucho, yeah. I said Cucho. But when I said Brendan Ernst, Brooks Lennon, thank you. Brooks Lennon right here needs to dive. He needs to put his foot out there. You can't let that shot go off. Count that cross go across him. But Cucho Hernandez, I mean, coming into his own, eight and eight. This is seven right here. See, this goes to all of those who say, well, you need to time to adapt to a new league. Hell no. The bad. <laughs> we were there. Galaxy were leading Seattle Sounders 2-0. The first half, second half, Seattle Sounders taking over 3-2. In the end, Galaxy were able to come back and get a draw. But, I mean, how do you let a 2-0 advantage slip that easily playing at home? Yeah, to one of the worst away teams in the league. Uh, this goal right here, shouts of an offside to Nicolas Lodeiro. It didn't matter. And then, whoa, free little shot for Jordan Morris. And if it wasn't for the PK, for the penalty kick call that Jovalich ended up putting in, you're talking about Seattle stealing all three points. They managed the draw at home. But for the first time in a long time out, you and I were there. It felt like a playoff yeah, game. Oh my it God. felt like a must-win game for the, the Galaxy. The atmosphere was there. The crowd, the people were into the game. That's why it was so disappointing to see the team letting the game go away like that. Now, the Galaxy fans, very frustrated with Chris Klein. Some banners, someone even paid for 
for an airplane to fly over Dignity Health Sports Park with a sign? What do you make of the fans already, already being this vocal? Klein out, Jovan out is what those signs say right there. You can read it. Uh, it's since 2016, one playoff appearance. I will remind you, one with playoff Ibra. appearance, five coaches under Klein, three different GMs, same results. We were there calling the game and we saw Javier Hernandez coming off at the 70th minute mark. See how he's talking to uh, Mark Delgado saying, I don't know why I'm coming out. And then, and then the manager trying to explain to him why he was being taken out and Chicharito not buying it. Uh, should we read something into this? Yeah, read into the frustration. That's it, to the moment, that's it. Um, I didn't understand the substitution. Uh, Agreed. I, I didn't think he was playing bad. I thought the situation with Javier is getting him opportunities in front of goal. He had one. He had one in the first half, a Cabral pass that he dealt with very well in between three players, ended up scoring a goal from it. I insist, Javier's problems aren't physical. It's not his attitude. It's the amount of service he gets a game. He's depending on one chance a game. And quite frankly, oftentimes he puts that chance away but you need to give him opportunities. He's not at the stage of his career, nor was he ever the type of player that can create for no. himself. No, 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 no. That's he wasn't going to do a step over, create space, yeah. shoot, and create an opportunity for himself. He depends on service. He depends on crosses. He depends on through balls. He depends on a cerebral player mm -hmm. in or around him to make him shine. If he doesn't have that, this is what's going to happen. I thought it was premature, the substitution. Greg would have his reasons. Listen, Greg's, Greg's not going to take somebody yeah. out who he thinks is going to help him score a goal, help and, him win and, a game. And, and Jovalich has been really good at home coming in as a sub. Yeah. So that, that, there's no discussion there. You know, I've been very critical of some of Chicharito's body language expressions during the game, right? Kinda I don't like think it has been. Zlatan. I don't think it has been. It has, well, Latin scored a lot of goals. That has not been the case for Chicharito. But, but. In this very particular case, I have no problem with him being upset, being taken out of the yeah, game. Yeah, because it didn't seem to us like it, that was the problem, right? Like that there was, was the area. There was a thing with his ankle right. five minutes earlier, and we thought, thought yeah. it was serious, but it was not. And he even said, he, 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 he looked at the bench and said, I'm okay, I'm okay. I understand why he wanted to be, yeah. because as you said, it felt like a playoff it game like for, both, win. for both teams, exactly. And when the Galaxy was pushing forward, there was even a moment where Mark Delgado slipped in behind and played a ball hard across the face of yeah. goal, yeah. and nobody was there. It almost seemed like one of those moments that Chicharito would and has put it in with his face yeah. in that distance. I would question whenever Chicharito doesn't give a you-know-what if he's no part of a very important game. He wanted to be a part of the game, and I give him credit for that. Um, the ugly. DC United. Good Lord. Again, blown out by Philadelphia Union. It happened earlier on the season now under Wayne Rooney Hurt. Now losing 6-0 at home. Oh, okay. Let me quote Stephen Goff of the Washington Post, okay? This is his tweet. <laughs> Since the miraculous finish, miraculous finish, excuse me, versus Orlando in Wayne Rooney's coaching debut, DC United has scored none. Conceded 11, led for zero minutes, trailed for 229 minutes, been leveled for 221, including a 90-minute nine, 0-0 draw. And then the four of the next five matches are away at Atlanta, New York City, Ralston Lake, and Sporting Kansas City. Now, what do you make of the shots fired? This is Hernan Lozada, DC United's former manager, on his Instagram stories, just posting a quick snapshot of the score, of the, of the score bug. Yeah, this is low blow and also low on his part. He's part of the reason they're so bad. 
he left them the way they are. Don't think that Hernan Lozada's time at DC was by any stretch of the imagination a failure. Uh, off the field, on the field, this is on Hernan Lozada yeah. as well. Like, what are you doing, my man? You're just showcasing how bad you left them. It was documented that his relationship with the players was nothing but, a, I mean, not even close to being ideal. And this is a shot at the players. If you want to take a shot at management, at Wayne Rooney, fine. You're angry that you, that you lost your job. But you are exposing your former players. And that's low. I believe that. You, you as a former player probably understand this better than me, but my first reaction was, this is on your, I mean, you're, you're making fun of your former players. Yeah, what, I didn't, I didn't what think kind of, of it a that manager way, but, are but, you? But you're right, I mean, if you're a player that's played for him and you're seeing this, you're probably not too pleased. Yeah, you're like, I mean, what are you doing, man? You were just part of this team. Uh, we have a very good doubleheader coming up on ESPN. Aust oh my God, what a game, Austin FC playing LAFC, top clubs in the West. And then Friday, followed by the rivalry, Portland Timbers hosting Seattle Sounders. Action starts at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and también en español en ESPN Deportes. Latko announced his 23-player uh, roster, two friendlies for the United States women's national team. Uh, pretty much all 23 players part of the Olympic qualifying roster with the return of Crystal Dunn after the birth yeah. of her son. Can what I, do you make of this list? Can I tell you something crazy here? There are seven spirit players on that list. Yep. Yeah, that's seven spirit players. They've got one win. One win all year, one, six, and nine, okay? They don't even have a coach. Uh, largest NWSL representation, and there are another five players with Washington, D.C. connections. The game is obviously at Audi Field. I'm sure Seb's mind is exploding right now, thinking <laughs> about the possibilities of going to that game. And yes, Crystal Dunn, I mean, she's gonna be back in the October, November friendlies from giving birth in May. Like, I have teammates who, are, who would still be nursing an ankle injury if that was the case, this is insane. We see Lindsay Horan on the list. Now we get to see her as well in action. Olympique Lyon playing Rayadas de Monterrey. This is the Women's International Champions Cup. Scoreless after 37 minute penalty in favor of Lyon. Yeah. Was this was this a penalty? Was this yeah, a clear it's just, call? It's, it's just a clumsy challenge. Oh, Look at the back. Oh yeah, she's late. Yeah, it's just a clumsy challenge. And so, here's Lindsay Horn. Lindsay Horan right there is gonna take it. And uh, yeah, no mistake about that one. She knows the Pacific Northwest very well. And then wow. for good measure, off the scissor kick. That's just nasty. Man, that's a beautiful finish. Look at this angle. Leave your feet, Lindsay. Oh, that is just silky. Rayadas actually played really well for the first part of the game. But then it was all Olympique Lyon, one of the best teams in the world. Yeah, exactly. Bad, bad mistake by Rayadas keeper, and then it just went downhill for the Mexican squad. Good pressure, and Indiana Signebrun with the four-nil. Leon, women, the women's international champions cup. The Lindsay MVP. Diana Ordonez with a brace. That's her tenth goal of the season. She already broke the record for most goals by a rookie in the history of NWSL. Herc. 
Listen, Diana Ordonez is a monster, whether it's right foot, left foot, whether it's Look her head. Look at this head. move, that was nasty. Uh, let, let me give you some of the names she's chasing in the golden boot. Alex Morgan, 12 goals. Sofia Smith, 11. Ordonez, 10 goals. Ridiculous season for a Courage team that could use a lot more of her, of that type of player. Now, she already chose to represent the Mexican national team. She already played during yeah. the qualifiers in Toluca, scoring goals as well. But now there's going to be a new manager for the Mexico women's national team. It's actually a new regime, new sporting director. And maybe this means Charlene Corral, who's only 30 years old, yeah. by the way. We, we forget about that because she started playing for the national team when she was 15. So now there's going to be this discussion. If you were to make that decision, who are you starting? Diana or Charlene? I'm starting Diana. Uh, there are levels to this and I know Charlene is legendary the Mexican national team but she is plying her trade at Liga MX which is still a level or two below NWSL yeah yeah for sure Diana Ordonez is 20 years old I spoke about her being good as a finisher in multiple facets of her game whether that's taking them onto the right whether it's finishing with the left whether it's finishing with her head at 20 years of age she's already setting records in a league that's considered one of the best in the world for a Mexican national team right now to give up on her and say, we'll stick with Charlene Corral, or not even stick, bring back Charlene Corral instead of going with the new regime. She's 20 years old. She debuted with the Mexican national team in April. That means she's been at this for three months. She's got seven games to her name, already three goals with the Mexican national team. I know that the CONCACAFW competition was bad for her, but it was bad for everybody in the Mexican national team. Charlene Corral or not, that would have been the same result. I think you stay with Diana Ordonez. I start Charlene because it was very unfair the way she was treated by either uh, the former manager or federation. even the executives yeah. of the Mexican Soccer Federation. She was pretty much blacklisted. Yes. She was not allowed into the team. And, it, and this started not under this regime, but even before. Leo Cuellar. With Leo Cuellar. Yes. But she did nothing but scoring goals and representing the right way the Mexican national team. So I believe she deserves another shot. She earned her way all the way up to the Mexican national team. She's still scoring a lot of goals. She just scored a brace with Pachuca last season, and she's performing really well. And she did nothing to lose her spot. Should it not matter where you play? I think it matters, but at the same time, I believe what you have done for the team, right? And if, if she only did score goals, and represent her national team in the proper way, she deserves to be back. Now, I know we have to, we, to give one answer. Ideally, I would start in both. Right. <laughs> Ideally, Charlene would be there to usher in the next generation. That's not the case. NWSL is one of the best leagues in the world. To me, this is a no-brainer. Yeah, well, I, I still believe Charlene has a lot to give to the Mexican national team. And again, she deserves it. She earned it. And the action of Liga MX Femenil, Women's Liga MX, continues on ESPN Plus and ESPN Deportes en Español on Wednesday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Good game. Santos Laguna hosting Tigres. Before we leave uh, Football America's top 10, every time a goalie scores, it's going to be featured on Football America's Kevin Piedraita. Is that the right way to pronounce it? Piedraita. Piedraita. I mean, I know there's always some kind of mistake involved in this. Yeah, I think. But I mean, yeah, you have to include it in the top 10. Of course, he's a goalkeeper hitting it like 80 yards. Look at the Don't. leg, my man. Don't let this bounce. Look, how about, how about the... <laughs>
Why are you raising your hand? What does he want? <laughs> Offside! <laughs> number nine. I need more. What a season and what a finish. This is number nine? Yeah. There's no angle to this. How is this number nine? Get him. <laughs> Mistake by the goalie? What kind of Landon Donovan versus Slovenia finish is this? Look at this. This shouldn't be number nine. Yeah, but I mean, near post, right? Goalie not in the best he position. It. You put it the only place you can put it from there. Number eight. Let, let's see if you like this one or not. Santiago Sosa with Atlanta United. So I'm watching this wow. game, and I've called plenty of Atlanta game, and I'm like, Santiago, so why you shoot? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, that's why he's shooting it. That's My a, man with the bombazo. As a teammate, you go, don't shoot, don't shoot, ah, golazo! Well done! You almost had a second, too. Yeah, that's number eight, Santiago Sosa. Number seven. Oh, I love this one. Richard Sanchez. All he does is scoring golazos. And this is a golazo regardless of what Hercules Gomez is about to say. Look, look, can I get the other angle of where he puts it? Look, it, Sebastian Jurado, it's going to the center of the goal. You have to get this. Like, that's on Jurado. Look at this. He's going the opposite he's way. He's following. He's what going with the grain. He's going with the grain. The shot was against the grain. Pablo Barrera. Is this Pablo Barrera's son, former Western player, or is this still Pablo Pablito Barrera? That's insane, right? Pablito <laughs> Man, Barrera, what is he like 52 like years old? Up and coming player. This takes a deflection, hence. A little uh, dip here to deflect the goal, but man, that is a dirty goal. That was the most surprising result over the weekend. Querétaro it really beating was. Tijuana, first win of the season for Querétaro. No winless teams in Liga MX anymore. Number five, hey, Lorenzo Insigne. He's he's all warmed up. He start he starts scoring a lot of goals. This is a really good one from outside the box. So technically, nice volley. technically this is so good because it's yeah. so difficult. This art is so difficult to master. He stays over it, it's with the end step. He's almost falling. It's perfectly placed. Uh, there's a typo on Alvaro's last name. It should be Alvaro Fidal Golazo! Wow, we've got some <laughs> Americanistas doing this top 10. Like, look at the defending here. Nah! Look at, look at, look Kata. at, why did you say? Look at the moves, look at the skills, Kata look at the finish! Kata Dominguez, like, what are you doing? Step up, bro! Man, and this is the first goal featured by Atletico San Luis player on Football Americas ever? Nah, we've had Berterame. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, this is John Murillo with a backheel goal, and San Luis, Atletico de San Luis beating Toluca at home. Another yeah. surprising result. TSJ uh, didn't do their, their proper... <laughs> Toluca City. Yeah, I like you Toluca football. City. John Murillo, who's the other guy, Hernandez? He's yeah. good. Abel, right? Yeah, Abel He's Hernandez. Good, and your boy, Rubenson Wessa played like five minutes. Look at the back heel pass. Oh, this is some very nice play by Chivas. Carolina Jaramillo with the finish, but it's a collective effort featured on our top 10. Que tipo de Guti is this? Look at that, <laughs> to Zidane. <laughs> Ridiculous like vision right there. I like it, I dig it, all right. All right, who takes the number one spot on Football America's top 10 is Jackson Conway. Atlanta United, two players playing United. Would you look at that? Wait a minute, wait That's wait, a wait, tough finish. Wait, wait, wait a second. Jackson Conway, ex-Atlanta, yep. Atlanta two, okay. But my man hit it off his face, I think. It's like foot Still to counts. knee to face. Is that a handball? Is that a handball? Corner kicks are an integral part of the game of soccer. But for me to win something, we're going to chip from the corner to try and get into the goal. So for you, you got to hit a draw and I got to hit a cut. First one to make a goal wins. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's see what it's about. <laughs> Don't break anything. I know that. <laughs> 
It's over. Oh! Oh, wow. Okay. Crossbar. That's, no, that's, it didn't. that's out of play. No, man. That did not go in. Yes, it did. We need video review here. We just cheering for anything now. You're so lucky. Ooh, look at this. Right up the line. No, no. Show me how it's done. This is it right here. There it is. Oh, no. <laughs> Goalkeeper's best friend, huh? <laughs> Goalkeeper's best friend. <laughs> All right. I'll give you one more. All right. Oh no. <laughs> My man. Well done. Well played. Thanks, man. Catch Michael Collins' conversation and skills challenge with Brad Guzan on America's Caddy right here on ESPN Plus, streaming now. That's it for us on this episode of Football America, but next Thursday, a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Jordan Pifuck, featured on our number nine battle, have a lot to say about his chances playing the World Cup. Yeah, I heard Seb did it in French. Then it will be a très magnifique conversation. Très bien, little très guy. Très magnifique conversation. Très bien, très bien, little French fry. Hercules Gomez, Mauricio Pedrosa, thank you for joining us. This was Football Americas. <laughs> <laughs>